Hello and welcome to EvolvedNest.org Research Discoveries Podcasts. My name is Dr. Darsha Narvaez and I'm here with Mary Tarsha. We are both at the University of Notre Dame's Department of Psychology and the Kroc Institute for International Peace Studies. Hi, Mary. Hi, Darsha. So our focus in our work is on the evolved nest. And what does that mean? Well, we evolved to be nested. Our nest that we provide young children helps optimize their normal development. It fosters thriving, flourishing, resilience, and health in children of all ages, but it also, the effects also last into adulthood. Evolve Nest includes soothing gestation and birth, on request extensive breastfeeding, positive moving touch and no negative touch, no corporal punishment, a welcoming social climate, self-directed play with multiple age playmates, warmly responsive nurturing from mother and others, stable, supportive, safe relationships, nature immersion and connection, and regular healing practices to repair miscommunication or hurt and restore balance in the self and in relationships. So all this nestedness actually leads to thriving. And thriving includes people who have quiet minds, inner happiness, childlike glee, vitality, and being fully alive, autonomy and honesty, sense of humor, outstanding memory, and ability to build habits, a know-how for getting along with others and in the, in the environment, ecological attachment to the natural world and connection to spirit. And in relationship, people who are thriving enjoy being with others. They enhance the well-being of other people. They're attuned and responsive, are empathic, unconditionally listen. They're communally oriented and authentically helpful. They provide unconditional love and forgiveness. They're generous, egalitarian. They're responsible towards the web of life and show respect for ancestors and future generations. So that's thriving. And our nestedness is what provides and leads to thriving. Today, we are going to talk about a paper that was just published about adverse childhood experiences and the evolved nest. So I'll tell you the title, Effects of Adverse Childhood Experience on Physiological Regulation are Moderated by Evolved Developmental Niche History. So, you know a little bit now about the nest because that's our framework. What about adverse childhood experiences? Mary, can you say something about what that means? Sure. And this is such a great study to talk about because as you were saying, Darsha, the effects of the evolved nest last across the lifespan. And so this study is investigating exactly that, investigating how does experiences of the nest influence uh, adult well-being, specifically in women. And so in order to investigate that, we, we measured that, but we also took into account adverse childhood experiences. So adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs as they're known, are experiences of intense stress and possibly trauma within childhood. 
And so there has been several decades now um, within the scientific community investigating the impact of ACEs on child development. And there's a growing consensus, consensus that as the number of ACEs increases or the more traumatic experiences a child um, suffers during childhood, the more likely they struggle in a number of ways across development. And these challenges and struggles are across the board, both psychological and physiological and, and relational. They have difficulty in, in their relational um, interactions with others as well. And so let's say what those uh, ACEs or adverse childhood experiences are. There's a short measure of those now. There's also a very long, long measure we've used as well. But the 10 item measure, uh, and there's a, we used a nine item measure, and that asks uh, essentially yes or no. Did you experience uh, in your childhood before age 18 physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, physical neglect, emotional neglect, an alcoholic parent, domestic violence in the home, family member in jail, or family member diagnosed with mental illness. And so these things are added up and you get a score from zero to nine in our case. But there's growing consensus and awareness that the number of ACEs you have or the number of traumatic experiences you have or even the type of traumatic experience you have is not the end of the story, that it needs to be taken into account the positive experiences you've had as well. And that's where the evolved nest comes in. Right. So we wanted to see whether evolved nest experiences would buffer the effects, the negative effects of adversity. And so we have a measure called the Evolved Developmental Niche History, which asks then about uh, how socially embedded you were. Did you do things together as a family inside the home, outside the home? Uh, did you have a responsive social environment? Or did you have a happy childhood, a supportive childhood, one where your needs were met? Uh, did you have positive uh, affection given to you? And then a negative item would be, were you corporally punished in your childhood? And each of these questions is how much did you experience these from one to five? And then those things are added up. We also asked about the climate in the home, how much you experience a set of negative emotions, which include grief, humiliation, guilt, fear, anger and numbness and how much of those and then a positive climate which was how, how much did you experience joy expansiveness self-assurance and serenity and then all these uh items are so the negative ones are always reversed uh to give you then a positive score for how much evolved developmental niche which is the evolved nest history in your childhood Yep. So in this way, we're able to look at globally in your childhood how much adversity or negative experiences you had. We were also able to assess how much of the nest you received as well. And then we were asking this and investigating this in a group of women. And our outcome here was vagal tone. So let's talk a little bit about vagal tone and the vagus nerve and what that is. So. 
Right. So the vagus nerve is something that people are studying more and more. And it's the 10th cranial nerve that is um, connected to all the major organs of the body and uh, communicates with them back and forth. And so is linked to all sorts of health outcomes when it's, well, when it's functioning well or not, you know, you can find out. And so there's a lot of therapies now for stimulating the vagus nerve because it is linked to so many good health outcomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the vagus nerve is part of the parasympathetic nervous system, which functions to calm, soothe, and restore both your mind as well as your body. And so this is really important and related, as, as Darsha was saying, to a number of different outcomes. And so it's a really good predictor of how well you handle stress uh, during different types of challenges as well as how you can calm down from stress. And so in that way, uh, psychologists and, and neurobiologists think about it as a measure of health and resilience. And it's, it's built up by experience. It's shaped by how nurtured, well-nurtured you were in your early childhood. So it's really a nest kind of indicator of how well you're, you were nested as a young child, uh, because it's, uh, it, it kind of establishes itself like other systems in early life. It, it's kind of scheduled to expect good, good input and support so that it, because we're born so immature, remember, uh, we look like resemble fetuses of other animals for at least 18 months. And even longer, we have a lot of malleability in how our systems are uh, functioning for uh, and going to function for the life long you know, nature of, of who we are, uh, in part because babies are born so immature because of our evolutionary shift to walking on two legs. And so that's why you know, baby development is so critical. And that's why the nest is so critical for good health outcomes for all of us uh, and for um, our societal well-being as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so we say that it's really plastic, right? So in, in early life, our brain and our developing nervous system, central nervous system is malleable or very influenced, very sensitive to environmental experiences, specifically caregiving experiences. And so the vagus nerve is just like all these other parts of the brain that is sensitive. And so we wanted to investigate and we did investigate how those adverse experiences and how the evolved nest uh, had any lasting effects upon women's vagal functioning. So what did we find? <laughs> we found the effects we expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we found that uh, as, as expected, both ACEs and the evolved nest experience did relate and predict uh, how women uh, their vagal tone. But what was really interesting is that the evolved nest moderated or buffered the effects of ACEs on vagal tone. So said in another way, that women who had more experience of the evolved nest had better vagal tone during several different ex experimental conditions that we put them through. And so that their vagus nerve had higher activation. They were more able to relax when they needed to. And then they were also better able to withdraw that relaxation um, when they needed to think and engage in a cognitive task that we put them through. 
Yeah, so we were very pleased with this outcome. Uh, it's, uh, it was only women from our longitudinal mother-child study. Uh, so the results need to be tested with men as well. Mm -hmm. Actually, but it's, it's important because we're seeing that the effects lasted many years. So what they experienced in childhood did have an influence and did relate to um, how they were regulating themselves, how resilient they were, this metric of health. And so those were um, significant here. And so it has some important uh, contributions and practical implications. Obviously, in research, more studies need to be done like this. We need to see if it can be replicated, those types of things. But it does give us some information about the importance of positive youth development. Uh, maybe, Darsha, you want to say something about that? Yes, we know we've done decades of research uh, finding that it's for positive development, positive outcomes, and lack of negative outcomes, like if for kids would be delinquency or dropping out of school or getting pregnant young or uh, that kind of thing. Uh, for positive outcomes of flourishing, you need a lot of support systems. You need a lot of things in place. The Search Institute uh, has done a lot of work on this, and they call them assets. Uh, so you need a lot of assets. And the, the uh, law of mass is really part of that asset orientation, but it gives us the evolutionary picture of what our species has required for <laughs> eons <laughs> of generations uh, to thrive and to grow a healthy body and brain. Uh, and the Search Institute tends to focus on school-age kids, uh, and ours starts from the very beginning of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's really important that, you know, adversity is not the end of the story and that we can, by providing positive experiences, by providing the evolved nest, it's so important because it's not only helping to shape their neurobiology, but it's also mitigating any adverse experiences that they had or may experience, right? So I think that's uh, the take home message here is that this is important for providing the nest because it's impactful in so many ways. So we give an example in the paper about, you know, one way that um, of providing the nest is, you know, just, for example, increasing free play and those experiences in childhood may mitigate some of those harmful experiences such as physical abuse, you know, years later. That's right. So this is, uh, we hope people read the paper. We'll put a link uh, to it. It was published, our paper together was published in the journal Anxiety, Stress, and Coping, in, uh, published online in October 2021. Thanks, Mary. Thank you, Darsha.